Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 140 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. Yeah, I'm here. E3 is upon us. We're on the precipice. It is. Of it. Um, so every everyone announced a stream. So originally it was just going to be like Jeff Keighley's Summer Games kickoff thing. And then now everybody's streaming all weekend. Every hour there's something to watch, even if it's not worth it. <laughs> Don't say it like that. Oh, it is true. There was one today that is was hilariously bad, uh, which I will talk about. I didn't put it on here, but I think mm. it's really funny. Uh, one thing that is not on here, but we had a very lengthy conversation about it. Uh, did you want to talk about Giant Bomb at all? or? Uh, I mean, we can. So I am excited mm. on all fronts. Me, the best of all worlds happened. So Giant Bomb finally announced what they are going to do going forward. And I think it's really cool because they redesigned the site about a year ago or two years ago to be based around shows and like seasons of shows. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, we're doing Mass Alex, which is where Alex Navarro played through Mass Effect. But that Mass Effect one was season one and they like made seasons for all these shows. Uh, and so like that was something that Jeff had always wanted to do was make cool, weird shows. Right. And so now what they are doing is essentially that. Right. They are hiring people for contracts to make dumb shows. And the first few that they announced to the people they got, I was so excited about uh, Jeff Grubb, who we talk about all the time yep. uh, because he breaks all the scoops. He will have his own dumb show. I cannot wait to see what that is about. Uh, and then also Dan Reichert will be coming back to do a show. Mm -hmm. Um, Tamar Hussein and Lucy James from GameSpot will be doing a show with Jeff Bacalar. Uh, Jeff Bacalar will also be on Dan's show, uh, which I'm sure will just be a wild <laughs> shit show. Uh, but uh, outside of that, so they said they're trying to do that and it's in the works. Uh, probably not for at least a, a week or so because E3 is happening. You know, they got to do the E3 coverage or whatever. Um, but those shows will be happening probably soon or over the summer. So the, those will be like the test cases to see how they do. Mm -hmm. um, and then they'll go from there. And they said eventually people will just be able to pitch them shows. And Jeff's whole thing is he wanted to be able to make weird, cool stuff. And uh, the podcast is still the most central thing. So they will have a core team of people. Uh, Danny O'Dwyer was signed on to be in the core team of people. So the core team will still continue to, to be on the Bombcast uh, and do quick looks and games coverage. So like be be there while they stream and talk over sure. events like the ones that have been happening. Um, Danny had been doing it for free for the past like month and a half since everybody left just because he likes Giant Bomb and said he would do it. And then they were like, what if we paid you? And he said, all right. <laughs> and uh, so so Danny will be doing that. He has also said he is pitching all kinds of wild ass shows because mm -hmm. he also loves making stupid shows. Uh, and that's really cool. So Giant Bomb will be cool this summer. On the other hand, there is now Next Lander as well, which is totally different, but it is the three people who left giant bomb and caused our whole conversation before, which was Vinny Caravella, Alex Navarro and Brad Shoemaker. And they're talking about video games. Mm. Uh, I haven't looked now, but uh, as of the first day when I became a patron, they were the third most backed video game Patreon. 
uh, overall. And the first two were one of the other two is something that makes GTA mods. And then the number one, I can't remember, but they also offer a good in service. What? So they've already passed kind of funny. Oh, by a ridiculous margin of pressure. They already have like 11,000 patrons. I mean, that's going to fall off, unfortunately. But... Well, it will, but that's still that's so insane. much more than they had. Yes, uh, it's ridiculous. Because, like, um, what was it? Colin Mor- Moriarty, when he first signed up, like, he had, like, a ridiculous at first. And then, like, but, like, he had, like, all this controversy around him. And, yeah, and yeah. That was yeah. a weird, but, like, wow, good for them. Even if they can get, like, one month and just kind of get things going, that'll be, you know, good for them. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Um, so what I think a lot of people were upset about is that they just like listening to them talk about random shit, not necessarily right. just video games. That podcast where they just talk about random shit is uh, a patrons-only thing. Mm. Um, so people are doing that. But I have not listened to their podcast yet. Uh, the first real episode is out and in classic Vinny fashion, there's an episode zero uh, that patrons got. um, And I believe they have streamed several times. Uh, (laughs) Vinny's power went out in, uh, in the stream and he had so many backup generators that he was still able to keep going uh, because he is crazy, Hmm. but that's neat. And they are going and it's basically, it seems like they uh, are doing what they want to do, but without corporate oversight. Um, and they talk about it a lot at the beginning of the most recent episode of the Bombcast on Giant Bomb, but it seemed like at CBSI, they just no one cared about what they did or what they were doing and anything they pitched. No one would listen. It didn't matter. They were not getting any new like stuff, no bigger budget, like nothing. And uh, they had kind of like trapped themselves into making a specific type of shows and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And now they can just do whatever the fuck they want, basically. Uh, yes and no. I mean, they've got to definitely, you know, figure out their audience and stuff as well. I mean, it's working with them. Yeah, but I mean, it's going to be the same sure. same thing as it was basically just with people who people like from the site. Sure. You know, like bringing Dan back for a dumb show, I think is very exciting. Oh, you're talking about Giant Bomb again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you were talking about Next Slander. Oh, no, they can also do whatever the fuck yes. they want. It literally doesn't matter. I, which, I mean, what Giant Bomb is doing is, is doing is they're doing exactly what I said they should do, which is just kind of bring in, like, old surrounding. Because, like, you bring in all new people, and everyone would have just compared them to Brad, Vinny, and Alex. And, and they that's... And, and the new guys would have never... Nobody... It would have just been hell. It would have been basically what Abby and Ben had, but so much worse. Don't worry. It's still going to happen because they are going to hire full-time people for to be on the Bombcast every week. So mm. uh, that will still happen. Awesome. Good. Um, uh, <laughs> but for, for Nextlander, uh, they are doing E3 coverage with Waypoint. Mm. So Vinny and Austin and Patrick and Brett. Oh, my God. It's so sick. I'm fucking ready. And Danny is uh, doing E3 coverage with Giant Bomb, obviously. Uh, yeah. uh, so it's cool all around. I'm excited. Uh, it is a good way to get people to have their own bizarre shows. Uh, I mean, I assume that's pretty much going to be all your video game content is just like those for, two platforms. Forever now. Yeah. Because like, I, I, like Waypoint, I know you'd fallen off some. 
mm-hmm. I assume that's pretty much just gonna that's gonna fall even further to the wayside because. Uh, maybe. I mean, I still listen to their podcasts a lot, so mm-hmm. we'll see. But um, yeah, no, I just want to hear Vinny talk about anything. It doesn't matter what it is. I'll listen. Uh, and that was the thing I was afraid of is he seemed like he was really burnt out. But I think the burnout came from Corporates. him, him wanting to do cool stuff and mm-hmm. corporate just totally being like, nah, fuck you. And I also think that those, the three of them leaving allowed giant bomb to do what it is doing now, because I bet removing their salaries allowed them to pay people for shows more sure. effectively. Uh, so it's, it seems kind of like a thing where they were like, okay, we'll move on to do a different thing. Well, not uh, just that, but like, you're going to be bringing in new people who are going to be fresh mm-hmm. and not burnt out after 10 years of being told no by corporate, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. So um, the one I'm most curious about is Jeff Grubb. I don't know what his show is going to be. I I am way more curious about what Dan's show is because after oh, Burgle sure. My Bananas, mm-hmm. it is free reign, man. It is anything, literally anything can happen. I mean, I mean, like you want to see literally anything? Just go to one of his streams one night. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> fucking crazy. Uh, He's been unleashed, and I I it'll be interesting to see if Jeff's going to try to rein him in or no. Just, just let him let him just go even crazier no and that that was jeff's whole thing was he said we always wanted to make a platform where people could just make cool shit and we could pay our friends for making cool shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he said so now we're gonna do that and that's uh a lot of that is due to jeff bacalar he's the one going out and scouting out a lot of that stuff and doing a lot of the contract signing portion of it um so that's cool and uh obviously as they gear up they're gonna need to get more producers as well it seems like jason isn't really doing that much on the projection side recently it's mostly been jan running literally every live stream so they will eventually have to hire a full-time producer or two as well and then the more shows they get the more you know you got to hire more people to edit the shows it sounds like they're going to be more heavily edited than previous giant bomb shows too which sounds really interesting because the ones that they did heavily edit like the gta online stuff that Vinny did is just the best (laughs) I mean, the whole point of like their quick looks is it's like untouched, unedited. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is very interesting. And yeah, they're still going to do that. So uh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Danny on quick looks. Let's go. Very exciting. Speaking of exciting. Oh, yes. Um, Overwatch is going to be on all cross. That's going to be cross platform now. So uh, uh, yeah, they also yesterday or whenever the fuck Jeff Keighley's thing was, they showed what Baptiste and Sombra look like in Overwatch 2, Matt. And let me tell you, Sombra looks exactly the same. (laughs) And every character I've seen so far looks exactly the same, except for Baptiste, who actually looks different. And I don't uh, know who Baptiste is, so that's... His his hair is very good. He's got like a fun, curly Afro-Mohawk thing going on. Uh, And so that's cool. Oh, okay. Um... I have never seen or heard of this character before. So. Oh, yeah. I liked the concept of him very much, and then playing him, I absolutely hated. So. Which, do you think it was the game itself and just kind of kind of being over it by then? or the, it No, the it, was, I, it was the way he worked. He didn't heal enough for what I mm. expected, um, and he did not do enough damage on the other side of that and mm. when he damaged people. So it was like 
you got to buff one of these things. And sure. I, he probably is by now, but, um, uh, but anyway, yeah. them going to, to cross play, it's, um, it makes sense because I assume that that audience is just kind of dwindling. So it's like now they can at least, you know, it, it, it'll just kind of allow them to make it seem like it's, everything's a little bit more full. Well, um, but it also means that overwatch two is cross play as well. So that is true. Yes. Um, that is that is pretty big. Uh, other big. than people playing on console who are playing with PC players will have negative fun. So, Although, when I played on PC, I dicked around with the controller. And like with Overwatch, depending on who the character, it's not as big of a deal if you're not as accurate. Oh, it is. It, I mean, if people who are playing on console are going to get absolutely demolished by PC players. Like... Oh, you will have no fun because if the enemy team has a Widowmaker who is using a mouse and keyboard, you will not be able to survive ever. I was saying, like for me, like the the characters that I used, it wasn't as big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's the characters that are being used against you that will be the big deal. Sure, which I mean that was happening on PC regardless. Well, yes, but I mean it'll happen way way larger gap now. Yes. And if anyone is playing on Switch, they will have no fun if they play with any other console because it runs like shit. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's cool, though. I more player base. If you want to play with your friends, they play on PS4. You don't have to fucking convince them to play on PC because it's. And, and I is can you turn off crossplay if you're on like uh, I would assume so. You, most of those games that have that you choose how to search. Cause like, cause if it's like, oh, Xbox, which I highly doubt a lot of people are playing that on Xbox, but like, if you're on PlayStation and like, yeah, I'll play Xbox players, no problem. I assume you'd even be okay with Switch players. Uh, I would, yeah, <laughs> but I'd be matchmaking from PC. Sure, uh, but yes, it's like, um, I, I would probably choose to not play against PC players. Yes, but that's but that's all. Not only it's that's where like you have the keyboard and mouse, but that's where like the more serious players are as well. Mm-hmm. If you're serious about overwatch, you're most likely playing it on PC and that's not to put anybody down playing on the consoles. It's just, you know what you're kind of getting into with that. It's a little more casual. Mm-hmm. I just kind of threw the EA hack into this because yeah, I, I forgot that, about this. Uh, I was like, this is pretty big news. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite comment on this, I saw on a, uh, on, on reddit someone said uh much like ea the hackers completely ignored nhl so that (laughs) (laughs) which made me laugh uh but yeah it seems like uh the hackers got in there and got some source code for Uh, fifa 21 specifically yes uh and it looks like they were also able to get a bunch of tools for frostbite yes so uh no consumer information got leaked so that's good news. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think this is more funny than anything because, like, no, you uh, want to hear something funny? Uh, sure. I saw someone be like, you know, this it basically blame the hack on Cyberpunk for the reason why that game was bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not even <laughs> the same developer. No, publisher. no, but like, no, remember. Uh, oh, they got hacked uh, lat- and and that's why the reason why cyberpunk was bad manny is because oh, they got hacked yeah. and you know that that sent them back several months you know so that's that's why the game got delayed and ultimately wasn't finished because they got hacked you know so well actually <laughs> the game was already out then so uh 
<laughs> it did delay the patch that didn't fix it for me, though. Mm-hmm. So I got to wait a little bit longer to have it not work right still. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fuck. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, EA got hacked. I think it's mm-hmm. funny. Maybe a fan can make a new version of FIFA. It's not the same game for four years in a row. Uh, what I want to see is a fan uh, put uh, like NHL on the PC because they keep saying that just can't be done. It just can't be done, Manny. Well, yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> There's no video games aren't meant for PCs, man. I don't know yes. why you're confused by it. I've never even seen one run. When the reality is they... They just know that people will mod it, and then they, they basically it's just a roster update every year that they can charge sixty dollars. So if they release it on PC, people can mod it, and then you don't have to keep buying it every year. And I had NHL ninety eight for PC. Uh, they the last one was oh nine or two thousand ten. So they they have been on PC. I don't believe it. <laughs> it's impossible. But they, it's impossible. <laughs> Uh, do you want to uh, end with the Summers Game Fest? Yeah, well, we can do. Well, we'll just go in order. Yeah, I guess, I guess because it's all yeah. it's all EA st- or E three stuff now. That is. Yeah, yeah. So the other two also have nothing to talk about. Really, I just watched okay. them. Um, so yeah, Jeff Keighley, the god mm-hmm. of world exclusives, uh, he blessed us with the hot exclusives at the Summer Games Fest kickoff, which is kicking off the Summer Games Fest. And what I love about it is it's the summer games fest and never once does he say E3 or talk about E3. And I was not aware of this, but apparently the Bethesda Microsoft showcase and a couple other ones are not E3. Technically, right. They are summer games fest. And he made sure to list those ones as many times as possible in this. Mm. Uh, and I loved it every time. I was like, Oh, Jeff <laughs> Keeley, what a guy you're fucking amazing. Uh, Cause he's got to get that, that money. And sure. it was, it was sponsored by Amazon prime gaming. I don't know if you guys knew this, but if you have Amazon prime, you can get shit on Twitch. He talked about that a lot because they sponsored this anyways there was a bunch of weird bullshit here but some of it was huge uh i did not put everything on here some of these i don't even know why i put on here like the jurassic world one uh but i was just watching jotting stuff down i was like here's stuff that Mm -hmm. i saw that was interesting the first one tiny tina's wonderland early early 2022 release this is a game about tiny tina from Mm -hmm. borderlands uh it is still Ashley Birch playing her, but also it seems like they hired a lot of celebrities for this, like Will Arnett and Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so like then afterwards, they like asked Ashley Birch like, oh, so like, what is this? It is still a loot shooter, mm-hmm. except that like they have magic spells, she said. So like, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's like the Tiny Tina DLC for Borderlands 2, which was the best DLC where it's like a D&D campaign being run by Tiny Tina. Mm. So like maybe that's why they have spells and stuff or if it's just right. like a whole completely different thing. Um, Gearbox actually just announced they're having a fucking stream this weekend. So maybe they will show uh, some of that. Sure. Uh, so I thought that was really weird yeah. because while it was happening, like it was just like a weird CG trailer thing. And I was like, sounds like Ashley Birch trying to be tiny Tina. And then it was, and I was like, well, okay, you could have just made borderlands four, but I mean, I guess people were less kind to borderlands three than maybe they wanted. And then they're mm-hmm. just like, Oh, well we'll do it. Something that's adjacent to that. Sure. 
Yeah, and I wonder if this will just end up being a smaller project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I expect this to actually be their next big release. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I I have no idea. It'll be very interesting. Yeah, I also didn't see who's developing it, but they they have another Gearbox studio that's not the main one that would alternate the Borderlands game like they made the pre-sequel. But that's Australia. Yes, it is. Uh, So now I'm just kind of... Let me just see if uh, it says anywhere... Uh, yeah i don't know but i'll I'll continue on uh metal slug tactics i'm actually excited about this metal slug excellent arcade series um it's been going on for a long time no new metal slug games have come out but uh, people may have seen metal slug in an arcade before in their lifetime it's -hmm. literally just XCOM but metal slug and like that's sick and it uses uh not necessarily exactly the same like pixel art graphic style but like a slightly more stylized one um and yeah just looks like a 2d xcom-esque game where you play as the metal slug characters uh that's neat i will i will give that a shot for sure will you yeah okay okay is it more the metal slug angle that you're more curious about uh yes because like you typically just aren't into the XCOM style games, so that's yes. why I wanted to ask about that. The next one, I audibly uh, cried a little bit <laughs> while it was happening. Jeff Keighley did this really bad interview with Hideo Kojima, and it seems like there's maybe a little sexual tension there, like Jeff is in love with him or something. I Every time they have an interview, I find it to be the most awkward thing in the world, especially because it's just Kojima talking in Japanese and Jeff like smiling at the camera and being like, oh yeah, totally. Uh, and it's very weird. And Kojima, he like basically said like, oh, like what's the next thing you're developing? And he was like, oh, I don't know. It's going to be like so weird because like the entire world changed with COVID and like all this weird shit. And then he was like, all right, well, cool. Thanks for that. And then Kojima did the famous one more thing. And then it was Death Stranding. And I almost (laughs) fucking smashed my head into a desk and it is it was it was so long matt like i was describing this earlier i felt like it took 15 minutes i know it was only like four minutes long but it felt like forever and it is sam porter bridges in this fucking like warehouse building and he looks at a cardboard box that is labeled for fragile's delivery company and he picks it up and like fucking like fondles it for a minute (laughs) flips it over dumps out a bunch of fruit and then sets it on the ground and just like admires this box and like looks at it and then he like is trying to figure out what to do with it and he gets in it and i was like you're not gonna put it on you like snake and he he gets he's cramped in the box like in the fetal position and then he gets up out of the box and puts it back and that's then it's like oh we're making death stranding director's cut (laughs) what what and like it's so it's a director's cut so it's the same fucking game but it'll have weird new content like the last thing i personally wanted from that game was more of it no it's gonna be cut down that would be sick but no it's (laughs) kojima has no ability (laughs) and it was like that was an indoor area and like there were not really any indoor areas in that game so like does this add more plot does it have more context to the plot is it now the metal gear-esque crazy shit that i want in cutscene form no way i'm not gonna buy this also it's for ps5 can you explain to me how 
Because, like, director's cut usually means, like, the director was limited in some way and couldn't quite make the movie he wanted to make. (laughs) Is there any world where Death Stranding wasn't exactly what Kojima wanted the first time? No. It's just a way for them to put it on PS5 and sell it again and be like, there's more content. Yes. Because, like... Because like when maybe I hear PS4 couldn't handle it, sure, sure. Because when I hear like director's cut, it usually means like the director wanted this to be longer, but like they are li- literally limited because like movies cannot be five hours in the movie theaters type of thing, so that has to get cut down. Or in the case of like Schneider cut, where he just kind of got fired like halfway through the project. Where this is just like I feel like Death Stranding was like his vision in that vision was fully realized so like it it just seems like it's just one of those things where kojima is being very conceited and so he in thinking of himself as like higher as you know like calling it a director's cut type of thing instead yeah of like, yeah i don't know like man. video games aren't called director's cut in this case they they it's just weird but it was also like the most gratuitous thing I've ever seen sure. of like, you guys remember Metal Gear? Well, he's getting in the box. Fuck that. <laughs> and it was just like, oh my God, we get it, dog. You made a game where people hid in boxes. Like this game didn't have that fuck right off. And you could hide in a box in the main game too. So it was, whatever. Very weird. And the fruit. I don't know. Do you even want to talk about Jurassic World? I do. I remember why I put it on here. There's a really okay. weird interview with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> It was really awkward, uh, but then he was narrating it because I was like, why would you get Jeff Goldblum on here to announce a game? I was like, oh, it's Jurassic Park. And yeah, it's just like that Jurassic Park builder. But the second sure. one. Um, but yeah, Jeff Goldblum's thing was so weird and awkward. I was like, this is very weird. Uh, Sable is a an indie game that a lot of people have been looking forward to for a long time. It is it got it got a release date. It is coming out September 23rd. So that's cool. Um, Salt and Sanctuary. Uh, it's basically like 2D Dark Souls. It's one of the first 2D Dark Souls S games. Uh, it's getting a sequel called Salt and Sacrifice. That looked pretty neat. Um, the the team Two Point that made Two Point Hospital, the theme hospital uh, spiritual successor, are making Two Point Campus, which is uh, the same thing but for college instead of mm-hmm. making a hospital. It actually looks kind of funny. Um, it looks very similar to two point hospital with the same art style and everything. So it's probably a similar engine. They can probably just slap that on a bunch of different weird shit. Uh, so that was neat. Um, I threw this one in here for you. Tunic has a demo coming out Tuesday. Xbox, Xbox only. only. Xbox yes. only. Are you going to pull out your Xbox for that? No, I don't think so. Uh, apparently the new demo is really cool though. They showed a little bit on the IGN summer gaming thing. Um, and there's a bunch of secret stuff in it, but it seems to give the impression that the world is like super huge. And it, it seems like a really cool game uh, yeah, for sure. And the final thing, Jeff Keeley, he blew up the world. Mm-hmm. It, everyone exploded simultaneously. He showed, he showed it the Elden ring. Which is what what we said last week is Jeff Grubb said you know they had he had it so and I still didn't believe it but it's I was right it's not at E three it's at Summer Games Fest so sure. no one no one can tell me I'm wrong about that uh, it actually got a release date which I think was the fucking craziest part about it it comes out January twenty first twenty twenty two and while I was watching this trailer I had the most mixed feelings in the world because 
as I was watching it, I was like, why isn't this Dark Souls four? Because it just looks like Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's just Dark Souls. No, it's Elden Ring. I think you're right. Um, so like I, I talked about this earlier today with someone and they were like, no, but it's like open world. And I was like, so it doesn't make it not Dark Souls. Like they're always called like uh, the something like the the fucking I don't know, the deranged or some shit. And in this one, they're called the something else. And I was like, this is like Dark Souls. But they what did they get George R. R. Martin for? Apparently, he like made a lot of the world and the characters and they talk a lot more than they did in previous like Mm. from software games, uh, which like kind of already happened in Sekiro. So I I don't know, like it looks cool, like it looks like a cool Dark Souls game. It just is like weird and baffling to me that they're like, oh, yeah, this is like this whole Elden Ring. And it's like, well, it just looks like the same weird, like fucked up enemy types with like very dire situations in a drab color palette. Like I will play it. Don't get me wrong. I will play this 100%. And like the stuff they said about it, it being an entirely interconnected open world, more similar to dark souls one. Like I'm on board with that. And like, Mm -hmm. I think the character designs look interesting. It is possible that you play as like a specific character. Like you did in Sekiro. Um, I can't tell and I didn't read enough articles about it, Um, but it looks the guy always looked the same in the trailers. Uh, he was getting killed a lot, though. Um, And yeah, like it looked cool. People were talking in that trailer. It looks very much like a from software game. So I, sure. it's one of those things where I was really excited about Sekiro because it was like, oh, this looks like a from software game, but also really different. Right. Whereas this does not look that different. Like it looks like they were just making Dark Souls. So that is that is cool for a lot of people, but I it's going to have to actually have like a plot for me to be like, oh, yeah, this is like mind blowing action. And like, I, I think Miyazaki can do that because he has in the past. But like, I, does George R. R. Martin actually add to this? Is there a reason you're marketing that way? Is this just the Lord of the Rings? But Dark Souls, you know, who knows? Uh, yeah. And um do you think that game actually comes out in January? Yes. Okay. Uh, because they did the same thing with Sekiro. At the that E3, they were like, it comes out in like April or March. I, well, I don't they, remember. I, which I mean, like, I feel like the pandemic of like slowing games down is probably over at this point. Yeah. And I, I think that this game probably would have been done like before like i think it already would have been out now if it wasn't Mm -hmm. for covid right because they they did the same thing with sekiro where they like mostly just like announced it and then years later we're like oh hey it's like coming out within the next six seven months or whatever uh i mean i i think if covid were still a thing but at this point i feel like most people are getting vaccinated if they can Uh, so I I don't think it like COVID is necessarily slowing studios down anymore. Yeah. I also Kojima might not be vaccinated. I wasn't paying full attention to the interview, Hmm. but at the end, Jeff wished him good luck and hopes he gets a vaccination soon. I mean, is Japan, I, is Japan struggling with the vaccinate getting like vaccinated? That I don't know because every Japanese developer I follow on Twitter has tweeted that they have gotten the vaccination. So I, I don't know. I, I haven't uh, been paying attention to vaccinations. Yeah, in other I, I, have I know not either. I know it's other not, than Canada. Yeah, Canada, it's pretty rough. But uh, yeah, I so I don't know. I just thought that was weird. He was like, yeah. oh, I hope you get your vaccination. I mean, they might have recorded the interview like fucking 300 years ago. Who knows? Sure. 
Um, so yeah, that, uh, that was that. And like, that was a bigger deal than I thought it would be. Like when I saw the Elden Ring was there, I was like, oh fuck. Like he actually did what everyone wanted. And that's the beginning of E3 quote unquote, even though it's sure. summer games fest. Uh, so, you know, start the show, the showstopper, I guess for most people, that's like the only thing they cared about at all. So that that's interesting. Um, and, and right. now we're not going to hear people talk about Bloodborne too, right? Uh, no, but people still believe that Sony's going to announce the Bloodborne remaster. Uh, of course they are. Yep. So, uh, that actually could be happened though. But um, who would make that blue point and like, blue well, point a remaster, F- not a, not a full re-release. So anyone who can develop video games, I guess like we could maybe. We just learn learn a little bit of Unity, you know. Just get rid of video game development. <laughs> well, like, That's what I've know, heard. Control C, Control V. Yeah, Control know? V. This is, but then you type PS Five at the end, uh-huh, and it's uh-huh. it's perfect, ready to rip. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Just, Everybody... just be sure to hit Enter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Jeff Keighley did that. He's kept saying like, "We're gonna have shit all weekend. It's fucking the summer of games. It's just beginning." Mm-hmm. I finally got to show you Elden Ring. Shit's tight. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was, oh, Weezer played as well. Sorry. And I heard that was a interesting performance. Yeah, I did not enjoy it. I did not <laughs> think it was a very good song and I really like Weezer. So, I, you know, what, what song did they play? Uh, their new song that is in some game. I can't even remember mm-hmm. what, and it's like legal for streaming. He made a big deal about that too. Like, I think their new album is like cleared for streaming. So you won't get DMCA'd if you I, play it. That's interesting. I, I bet you're going to start seeing that more. Yeah. Uh, but, so the, uh, like that, that concept is cool, yes. but Green Day's new album or Green Day uh, Weezer's new album is probably not good. Mm. They're actually their last album. I really liked. So I, who knows? Maybe the rest of the album. I like that cover of Africa. God, Everybody's making covers of Africa. Hey, I'm just saying, but that was a couple years ago. It was, and that. it was, it's, it's all right. As far as mm. covers of Africa go, I do think that is a good one. Mm. It's true. Uh, and then today, some other stuff happened. The Tribeca Game Spotlight, which I thought was interesting. The Tribeca Film Festival last year did the first thing they had ever done with video games by making, uh, they like gave an award to L.A. Noir or something. They like did a stream to remember that and the acting in it. Anyways, this was a showcase of uh, interesting indie games, specifically ones that have unique concepts and visual styles. So like they showed Sable, uh, which we already talked about from the last one comes out September 23rd. Uh, they showed a game, a game that I've really been looking forward to for a long time called Harold Halibut, which is a point and click adventure game, uh, all done in clay animation. Mm-hmm. It looks fucking unreal. Like, I can't believe it's a video game. Uh, they actually showed it. I can't remember. I can't remember the name of the game. And this was the only one that I had never really seen before. It literally looked like a Tim Burton film. And it oh, is about like this girl and her like, uh, a dice that's alive it's called like random something and she's she's like looking for her sister her name is even and she's looking for her sister odd uh and like in combat you like roll the die and depending on what you get she gets certain weapons or powers so it's just like totally chaotic and weird uh but yeah it's like it looks like the most tim burton ass tim burton movie i've ever seen in my life so that was pretty neat um they showed what the fuck I can't remember the names of some of these games. It's like how to be a con artist. And it's about conning people out of their money at malls in the early nineties. 
Uh, I will play that. I had seen that one before too, but it was just a bunch of cool indie game. Ken and the Bridge of Spirits. They showed in like how, how they made the, a lot of the sound and animation, like they came from movie backgrounds. That's why that game in motion just looks like a fucking Pixar movie. Because that is actually one of my most anticipated games of coming out this year. I'm yeah, I, I, I'll have to see if I can find it, like if they just clipped that part out. Because it, it was set up like in interview portions almost. It was super cool, the stuff they showed for that, like how it was made. And that th- that's what I was wondering is if because this is a Tribeca thing, they usually focus on like the artistry behind sure. stuff. I wondered if they were going to focus on that. And they, they did for a lot of them. A few were just trailers. Uh, but they really like, especially for Ken Bridge of Spirits and Harold Halibut, they were like showing how they used to have a movie background and then went into uh, game development to try and do a thing. Actually, the the girl who voices Kenna is one of the two developer, the developer's sister. Oh, and nice. she had never done voice acting before. Mm. And they were like, well, she's good. So whatever. <laughs> I- yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, I just like stuff like that. I I don't know. They they did a good job of like showcasing like, hey, games can be fucking crazy looking, and like there is there is artistry behind it and stuff. And so I thought that I thought that was cool. It was a really good stream. It was like an hour. I I think that the way that the art is, that's gonna be a game that in ten years we're gonna look back and say like, yeah, that was a good. Oh yeah, really good like it just looks like a DreamWorks slash Pixar movie in motion. Yes. Like it's fucking crazy. Um. And so that that was neat. I did actually really enjoy that stream. Then, okay, so Coke Media, the people that own like Deep Silver mm-hmm. and THQ Nordic, they announced like last minute they were going to have a stream today. I searched for it. I couldn't find it. And I just decided not to watch it. Apparently, I lucked out because apparently it was the worst stream anyone on the internet had ever fucking seen. And they didn't really announce anything. It was just like people talking for like an hour and a half, but it was awful and boring and no one cared and wanted to see it. And people said it made them want to end their lives. And I, at the time, because it overlapped with IGN's summer of gaming expo thing that sure. started at four. And so people who flooded in at the end of the Coke media thing and were like, wow, this stream is better. And if it was threatening my life, it would be a better stream still. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, IGN summer of gaming expo though, was the last thing that happened today. Nothing that I thought was worthy of talking about was mm. shown. It was more a lot of like DLC and little snippets. Like I, the, the thing that stuck out most to me was when they showed the gameplay of the tunic demo. Uh, and just like talked about what that was supposed to be, even though that had already been announced. Um, yeah, so I, I liked I it was also pretty painful because it was Brian Altano and the other guy who does a lot of the daily fix stuff. I can't remember his name, but they were trying to be funny and it was so painful. Like it was so, so, so not funny. And I always feel so bad for people when that is happening. And like, they thought they were like fucking killing it. And it was so funny. And I was just like, Oh, (laughs) and like, that's why I really like watching like giant bomb and stuff like that is because they're not just like really manufacturing all this like fucking shit. They're just going to say the first thing that pops into their brain. Even if it's like, yo, this looks like shit. Which I mean, like, like people like Jeff are just naturally very funny. Yes. And like, 
but that's a lot of the stuff that I think is funny from people like that is just like off the cuff because they're funny yes, people, yes. right? Whereas that's like this mean. was so written and manufactured, and I was like, you guys, you can't, you cannot. Unless you're an actor, you cannot do scripted jokes. You just can't. Yeah, and so it was fu- it was fucking rough on that regard. Um, but they they showed trailers for a bunch of stuff. They were excited. I IGN has a couple other streams over the course of the summer with stuff, so they may have uh, more to show. But mm-hmm. that was that was it for yesterday and today. The pre E three goods. Mm-hmm. Um, tomorrow is nine hundred billion streams. I thought I would kind of go through what to get ready for this week. Because, uh, yeah. like, tomorrow's not – Sunday's much busier. But, like, tomorrow the big thing is Ubisoft, which is at noon Pacific time, so 3 p.m., uh, you know, our time. Uh, then there's something with Gearbox going on. Uh, Devious Eye Entertainment Showcase. I don't know what that is. And then there's a Games Beat session, once again. I don't that know what is, that is. That is uh... – the company Jeff Grubb works for. That's why he put it on there. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is his podcast. <laughs> okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and then Sunday, we have the Xbox slash Bethesda showcase. That will be 10 a.m. Pacific, so 1 p.m. our time. Uh, Square Enix will be right after that, which I just hope it's better than their last E3 press conference. Uh, the PC gaming show. Yeah, so also tomorrow Devolver's thing is tomorrow, which mm. is probably the one I'm looking the most forward to, which I also think is amazing because it's called the Ubisoft Forward and they called it the Devolver Forwarder. Mm. And I really like that. It happens sure, like right sure. after, I think. Um, so I like that. Uh, I think there are also a couple streams that got announced that uh, are not listed uh, here whole, because they wholesome just got games. announced. Wholesome Games oh, that, is also Saturday. That is true. They're there are a bunch of other ones though sure. because uh they people have just been deciding to just like be like i guess we could stream for e3 mm-hmm. um so yeah it's very fucking weird uh but uh, also on sunday another big one is the warner brothers games so i'm just kind of curious of what's going on there i assume they're going to be showing a lot of the harry potter mm-hmm. Uh, and then also future game show. Not sure what that is, but that's at 4 p.m. Pacific time. They did that last year too, and that was an, it's basically just like the PC gaming show, but with less good announcements. Uh, Back for Blood has its own thing, and then 24 Entertainment. I'm not sure what that is either. Uh, and then uh, Monday, the big one on Monday is Capcom. Uh, but then also Take Two. Uh, <sighs> I mean, I don't even really care about the rest of this to even read it. Unless no, there there are there about. are a bunch of indie ones that he didn't list sure. out. But the Capcom one is bizarre because yes. the way they listed it is like they're not talking about new games. Like they're only the games that are listed are only ones that have been out for months or yeah. a month. So like mm-hmm. I don't is that announcing Resident Evil and Monster Hunter Rise DLC? And then they'll fucking talk about Monster Hunter stories for the nine trillionth time because it comes out at the beginning of July and show the same fucking trailer that they show at every goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. Make a new trailer. If you're going to show it every possible chance you get, make a new trailer. Please. Begging you, Capcom. Uh, and then the big news for Tuesday. Uh, Manny, it's your, it's going to be your jam. Uh, Nintendo. They have their, their thing. It is 9 a.m. It is 40 minutes, they said, Matt. 
And you know what you can show for 40 minutes? Literally anything, because they got nothing in the pipeline that we know about other than Smash DLC. That's short. Not for the way Nintendo does it. They fucking bang that shit out. I feel like that one a couple years ago was like an hour and a half. But like that was that was also the one where they did Smash for like 40 minutes and I stopped watching though. The one where they did uh, announce Banjo was like 40 minutes. And that was one of the best directs ever, I think. So, no, I'm the, the one where they like first showed Smash, and they were like, "We're going to show every character and show show." More oh yeah, that and... was that was specifically because they had literally nothing else that year. They were, just but like, I remember that one them. was like an hour and a half. But like they spent like half of it talking about Smash that one time. But then they have like Nintendo also has like a treehouse. Uh, Bandai Namco is going on Tuesday. Who knows what's going on there? Anime. Is the answer they're going to show all of their anime licensed properties? Uh, they may have some movie properties. <laughs> That's true. So um, those are kind of like the big things that are. Uh, on, so on Tuesday, the official E3 awards show, Jeff Keighley mm-hmm. made it seem like he will have announcements and world exclusives there as well. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm guessing nothing big because like at that point, people are kind of over all the excitement. Uh, I mean, that depends if Jeff Keighley brings the excitement. Sure. I, I'm just, my guess is like no one would want to wait until the very end there to have something huge announced. Oh, I, that anyone would, I think. If you, especially if it's the last thing, that's the thing people are going to remember and talk about the most. Maybe. I think for sure. I mean, that's what Sony always did. What do you mean? Sony was always the one that would go last in terms of E3 press conferences. I guess Nintendo has been doing that, like been going last lately. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. Um, I assume you're probably most excited about Nintendo. Uh, yeah, Nintendo and Square. I don't I really care so. about the Guardians of the Galaxy game, but if the sure. Final Fantasy rumors are true about Final Fantasy Origins, I will be playing two Dark Souls esque games next year. Uh, and yeah, I, if Capcom shows something like I, I legitimately don't think they've put out too many games too recently for them to really have like some, there was that game they showed at the PS five showcase that like, well, that's what I, I was going to remember what is, the fuck that was. I don't even remember its name. Capcom hasn't really been doing their own. They've been just partnering with like Sony or Xbox. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Cause like, I mean, out of the big things they have, Resident Evil just came out. Well, Monster Resident, Hunter Rise just came out. Resident Evil, there's a rule that has to be announced at a Sony press conference, I think. Oh, if, if it comes out on a Sony platform only, that's true. Like Resident Evil. Well, no, even remember Resident Evil 2 was at the last uh, PlayStation. That is conference. true. Did that come out on Xbox? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Because they, I mean, they have their dumb deal with Sony for their like hot goodness. Eight is only on PlayStation, right? I played it on my Series X. Oh, weird! It interesting. Because yeah, they definitely have a marketing deal with Sony, and it was at right, like a I, higher resolution. I it had a really I, high resolution on PS Five too. I mean, I uh, that's not uncommon though, because like Call of Duty and like. Uh, De- Destiny had like this whole thing with Sony and Call of Duty would always work with Xbox and seems like Assassin's Creed is always like marketed by Xbox. I mean, like uh, that's not uncommon. Yeah. 
Um, I would say for me, I'm probably most excited about Xbox, but that's just because like they typically have the most to show. Well, but because they're doing a joint thing with Bethesda and it's only like an hour long, like I don't Mm. have a lot of faith in that, especially if they show Starfield because they'll probably show Starfield for too long. That's probably fair. But I mean, we'll see. I I don't know. What if they fucking announce Forza Horizon 5? I I and that Psychonauts out now. <laughs> Matt, if they do that, I literally I don't know what to do. I can, I'll talk about it uh, when we get to the next <laughs> section. I don't know what I'm doing right now. I, it's insane. Well, I can tell you what I'm doing. You can. Uh, so. Uh yeah, so I mean that's that's really all the new stuff. Yeah. Like E3 is going to happen. So next week we'll probably just talk about only that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And not necessarily everything, because like even just like the past two days, so much shit that was abject bullshit was sh- mm-hmm. like. I don't want to be mean to IGN, but like they were not given the hottest scoops, even though they got exclusive trailers. Like Jeff Keighley's thing was the thing. Sure, sure. Um, and a lot of the other things are like, oh, well, this is an indie showcase for like eight specific indie games, and it's like I had heard of all these indie games other than like one, and I'm excited about them, but those games were going to come out regardless of whether or not they were shown at E3. Oh, that was what I forgot to say. The Tribeca games one, they said all of the games have playable demos now. So I have to, I have to look that up because if I can play a demo of Sable, Oh, that would, it it just, it look, I won't believe that it's real until I play it because the whole game just looks like it's fucking rotoscoped. Mm. So like, it doesn't even look like a thing that you could play. Um, yeah, so that is that's that, and we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Yes, especially if Xbox and Nintendo blow our faces off with whatever the fuck they've got. I mean, Ubisoft's not going to have anything crazy, right? No, there's a Splinter like, Cell not, anime. They're not going to announce an Assassin's Creed this year. Uh, <laughs> I bet they don't. Well, it didn't leak yet, so that probably is true. Because like Far Cry is their big fall game this year. No, so, I, I know. And they have gone years without Assassin's Creed. So like it will not surprise me if there's no Assassin's Creed. This I year. mean, I will be surprised if there is because it did not leak yes. years ago. So so we haven't. No one's seen it on a train. We don't. We're not going to hear about it. Assassin's Creed will absolutely be next year. And that, that's typically they announce it like that eat that same year type of thing. Uh, so like I don't expect that. So I I don't really know what to expect. I know we're, we'll see more uh, Far Cry. Uh yes. Uh, that's all I really know. So that one I'm kind of curious about as well. So. Uh, but with that, I guess we can just move into the games we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which oh I forgot one of the games I was playing, but no, that's okay. Shit, does that mean uh, you liked it a lot? I well I I'm just. Uh, we'll get into to Assassin's Creed in a bit, but I, I dicked around with uh, Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Okay, for probably two three hours. Yeah, the one thing that I would say is the biggest standout is just how good it looks. It looks really. It, it still holds up. Yeah, for sure. It still holds up. I was like, man, this this reminds me a lot of uh, Rayman Origins from a couple years ago. If one, if you remember when I played that, mm-hmm. and I was like, this just looks amazing like, yes it's just like it looks like it's aged very well and banjo kazooie nuts and bolts the same thing where just are, are, it has great art style and when they have good art style and they're not going for like a realistic look in you know 10 years later they always look so much better um another game that i i dicked around for two three hours was burnout paradise 
Oh, okay. Uh, you know, because that's on Game Pass as well. Yeah. Uh, which, it, it's, you know, it's Burnout Paradise. It's an open world, uh, you know, where you're just kind of driving around doing races, you know, smashing billboards and stuff. Um, uh, the one thing, and this is just more of a me thing, like, I know the big draw for Burnout is the wrecks and the crashes. They really just don't do a lot. For oh, me. it's so sick. It's the most satisfying thing in the world, the slow-mo and the crumple of the car. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just don't get excited about that. So like so like I I so burnout doesn't quite hit mm. the same way like something like Forza does. Uh so but no, I'm enjoying my time with uh with Burnout Paradise. Yeah. Um and then we'll get into Assassin's Creed. Okay. I was really enjoying my time with it, Manny. Uh-huh. And then I got about six hours in, and then I went to load it up. And the save was like corrupted or damaged. What the fuck? I think what happened is there's something with like the Series X with the quick resume. Because when I went in to load, like it was just like frozen. So I quit it. And then when I loaded the game back in, the, the save was like corrupted or damaged. Oh, and I was no. Just, like, I was just devastated. That sucks. And so I just like took a day or two off from playing Assassin's Creed, but then I was like, I really want to just play that again. So the one thing that was really annoying replaying it was like, you can't skip cutscenes and you can't skip dialogue. It's criminal. Okay. We, I find that games where you cannot skip cutscenes and dialogue, people should be put in jail for. I, I, cause it's just like, I've already, I just, I wanted to get through it as quickly as yes. I could. And so like, sometimes I understand when developers are mm-hmm. like, oh, you can't do it on your first playthrough, but on your second sure, one sure. you can. Cause if it's like a super story based game, I get where they're coming from. I still don't think that should be the case. I think you no. should always be able to skip them because like, especially in JRPGs, man, back in the day when you'd have to sit through like a fucking 12 minute cutscene before a boss get demolished and then watch it again. Mm-hmm. It's excruciating, mm-hmm. and it's why I did not play Miles Morales again, even though I like sure. those cutscenes. I if I can't skip the bigger cuts, you could skip the smaller ones. It made no sense. Yeah, it's weird. If you could skip the big ones, I would have done it again. But it was just like, man, I just played this. Yeah. Like I don't need to see this again. And especially in a case like yours, where the save is corrupt and you're just trying to get through it again, unacceptable shit, man. Uh, but I was able to get through it about an hour quicker. Okay, and then it corrupted again. <laughs> And then I got seven, eight hours in. I went to load it last night. No way. And, and the save is just gone. No it just way. Disa- it just disappeared, Manny. <laughs> in the save slot one, it just says damage or corrupted. Save slot two is just empty. It's just a new game. I'd have to start over. And I'm no. just, de- I'm devastated. No. <laughs> so, like, I, I think if I start over, if no, I start over, no, you cannot. <laughs> what if it gets it a third time, Matt? You can't do it again. I what I'm saying is, if I do it again, I will. Ha- I will. I have my 360 hooked up in the other room. Oh, you'll just play it on 360. I would do it on 360 because I I think something weird's happening with the the Series X with that one, and I can't get too mad because like it's one of those things where like they can't test everything with like the Series X, like every game. So there's going to be weird outliers and like obviously a set, but like, it's one of those things where like the second time with the save getting whatever happened to it, if I could just manually save, this wouldn't have happened. Yes. Relying on auto saves. It just completely fucked me on this case. Like, mm-hmm. why can't I just manually say I, cause like I always want to manually save after ending a game session. 
I, I know there's auto saving, and I, I appreciate having auto saving, but let me manually save and quit the game. So what's kind of fucked up too is this is one thing where PlayStation having a shitty save system actually is helpful is because mm-hmm. you could download an older save before your new one updates. Whereas yep. Xbox, it's so streamlined. You can't really mm-hmm. manage that stuff. So like, that's good, but yep. also in this one very specific case blows because mm-hmm. in an ideal world, there would have been an older version of your save that was not corrupted. That maybe was not exactly where you were, but was like a couple uh, two hours Mm-hmm. And you could be like, okay, well, at least I have the save and like I can uh-huh. go from there, but you can't even do that. No. So no. like I was I, I don't know if you remember the game, but I, I just got to Venice. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So I was about halfway through the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like I've put like 14, 15 hours into this game and I'd have to start over. And I was really enjoying and it that, too. That I think is the worst. Is like <laughs> If because you were enjoying it and you probably uh-huh. want to see the rest of it, yeah, that's that is such a bummer. Because at least if you hated it, you could be like, "Oh well, fuck this! Yeah, I yeah. will not do this again." Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and so this morning I decided to play Prince of Persia. Gross. Which one? Two thousand eight. Oh, so the one where he's got the like colored bandana on. The yes, and it's Nolan North. Oh, was it? I don't even remember that. Yes. Uh, you got so, your magic friend or whatever. Yeah, because uh, Nukio and I, our friend came into town and we went to Sound Go Round. Mm. I think I might stop there a little bit more because, like, honestly, their prices, uh, if you live in the Binghamton area, they're very competitive with the internet. Oh, and then the games I want to buy, that is absolutely not the case. Because <laughs> I was able to get four games and, like, I was able to get Ratchet and Clank, uh, the 2007 one. Uh, for twenty dollars, mm. if you go on Amazon, they're charging thirty-five plus for just like used, and then you have shipping. So like, I was basically able to save like it was like half off. So. I guess anything that I would buy from there would be GameCube or older, and their prices are so fucking out of control that it's not even worth looking at. Sure. But for probably from PS3, 360 era, I, yes. I bet they're hella cheap. They were very competitive. Yeah. Uh, where Ratchet and Clank $20 was like the most expensive, where like Prince of Persia was like five bucks, which is pretty much on par with the internet, but I don't have to pay for shipping and stuff. So. Yeah, that game was weird because they were like trying to reboot Prince of Persia, but then they made the sequel to that one, which was Sands like a of reboot of a reboot. I, yes. I don't know why they did that, but I, I played not all the way through that game, but uh, most of the way through it and I was fine. I think. Yeah, I mean it's very it's very cinematic with it just is, like yeah. the the combat, especially just like the way they have the combat where it it almost feels a little like like poor man's devil may cry with yeah, like the, the, the juggles and stuff. It's very interesting. And I'm only about an hour in, so I'll, I'll see how I feel. Uh but yeah, I was just like I can't start Assassin's Creed right now. I in a, a few weeks I might try to pick it up again cuz I I want to play like Assassin's Creed 2 and then I want to move on to like Brotherhood and Revelations and stuff. Uh but like at this point I'm like do I just watch like YouTube what happened? I, I, mean, I don't know maybe what I'm yeah. Do. But I I but I was really liking it and I want to be able to say like yeah, I played through Assassin's Creed 2 so like I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, all I know is like I was just absolutely gutted yesterday. That's awful. That. It's awful. I was. I don't know. Like I could kind of understand a save getting corrupted. 
how does the save just disappear? That is what I don't oh, understand. Oh, that's what happened to me with Ori in the Blind Forest on PC. Yeah. But he's, like on PC, can't you like find a save online and like put it into load it into yours? Not the way um not the way they have their weird closed system for the Game Pass stuff. Well, but like a like a Steam you probably could. Steam right? I could have. Yeah, Steam I also could have recovered my save. Sure. So uh-huh <laughs> i was uh yeah so like assassin's creed not great things happening right now with that so nope. i and i'm also going to be very hesitant like from now on playing 360 games on my series x for this reason as well even though i've had great experience even on the xbox one before it's just but but this is this is going to be one of those situations where i'm definitely going to remember this for the the future mm. so mm-hmm. uh but please tell me about about the games you've been playing. Uh, uh, so Jeff Keighley is having the Summer Games Fest. Manny is having the Summer Games Feast. Let me. Uh, so today, Guilty Gear Strive came out. Uh, which you had already played. Which I had already started playing Tuesday. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Intergrade came out last night. Ratchet and Clank came out today. Chicory came out yesterday. Backbone came out on Tuesday. Uh if they release psychonauts that's six games at once i don't know that i can do that uh so i i'm very excited so guilty gears drive uh our friend who came into town he is a psycho and he bought the ultimate edition early access shit so i started playing on tuesday and we me him and my brother just played a lot of it uh it is good i mean i'd already played the beta for a bajillion hours so it's it's Mm -hmm. just more of that it is a fighting game and it's i don't know i find it to be pretty accessible like that people are kind of mad that they like dumbed it down or whatever as usual but i think it's very good and it seems pretty clear that they have plans to run this like they did with grand blue where there's at least like three seasons of dlc so there's probably going to be like 15 additional characters uh Actually, people data mined the PC version because it just came out today and uh, they already data mined who the characters are. Um, Mm. I'm going to watch the story tonight with uh, a friend of my brother and (laughs) there is a. okay. so Guilty Gear normally takes place in this like world called Illyria, but but it is it is the rest of the world is our world. So it like Mm. still has England and America. Um the previous games take place in Illyria and like parts of Europe. So it had a real European aesthetic. This one, the story takes place in America and soul bad guy is American or whatever, but there is a character that they made up for the story of this one. And his name is gold Lewis. I believe he is a huge man who wears entire cow skulls on his body. And his weapon is a coffin that contains the corpse of an alien from area 51. And he is the secretary of state of the United States of America. Awesome. They leaked him as a DLC character today. And I've never been more happy in my entire life. Uh, I, so what I'm saying is I'm looking forward to watching this later because what, what I just said is insane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He just uh... was like, Hey, I got the corpse of an alien here in this coffin that I'm smacking you with. And it's like, what does that matter? Just what does that matter? Uh, so this is like the end of Soul Bad Guy's story. So like the the Guilty Gear story arc for every game so far is ending now. Um, mm. But they announced the the first season pass character will come out in July and they will be a totally new character that had never been playable before. 
Um, and then a returning character will come out in August. And then in the, after the fall. So like in December, they are putting out another story mode because they're crazy and they're going to announce three characters will be coming around then. Um, which if the leak is actually true, like the data mine stuff, I think all of the characters are fucking sick. So I am very excited except for one. I'm like, not Mm -hmm. fuck Jacko. Uh, she was in, she's in the story though. So it makes sense that they would add her as a character first before a lot of other returning characters. Um, but yeah, it's neat. Um, I guess the mission mode is pretty good for like teaching people how to play fighting games and some of the more advanced mechanics, uh, Exerd and the sequels to Exerd like revelator and rev two. Um, they, they had pretty good fighting game tutorial modes, uh, outside of that like there's not a lot of single player content and like the story is just a two-hour anime movie basically so mm-hmm. like you know there's not a lot there if you're not gonna play but i i enjoy playing it and i'm gonna at least try to get okay and like i'll buy the season pass just because now that it comes with story and stuff and some of the characters are fucking insane uh that's that's cool um and i like playing it even though i lose constantly um but that is uh that is guilty gear it looks ridiculous. Mm-hmm. looks very good um but then last night i uh i played final fantasy intermission which is the dlc for final fantasy 7 remake the package of both things together is intergrade uh, squares weird with naming things um but it's basically yuffie a character that i did not like in final fantasy 7 and I actually find to be very annoying it follows her and i actually like what they did with her in this game like i I continue to think that they did a really good job characterizing the characters better in this remake. Like I think they did a really good job with Aerith's. I think they did a really good job with Tifa and Barrett. Um, and Yuffie seems to be the same. Like she's really like peppy and energetic and like excited about stuff. Cause she's from Wu Tai and like, they don't have a lot of the technology that they have in Midgar, which is where she is and stuff. So she's like fucking amazed by everything and super hype all the time. And she's a fucking ninja and playing as her is amazing the fucking animations for when you attack with Yuffie are really good. I played for like two hours and I did, uh, the main mini game called the Fort Condor, which was a mini game in the original final fantasy seven, where you like defend a base from soldiers. Uh, Mm -hmm. this, they turned it into a board game. That's like really popular in Midgar. So you like basically like buy little figurines and then you play them. And it's like, kind of like a, weird rts thing where you spend points to put them on the board and there's like a whole weakness triangle you fight them uh but i beat all of those uh so it's not a very long dlc i don't think i think it probably takes like four or five hours uh Mm. but um i haven't done very much combat but what i have done i enjoyed playing as her there is another character you get sonon uh eventually who is made up for this um, but, and then I believe it uh, has some teases of what the next uh, Final Fantasy VII remake part's going to have in it. And uh, that's neat. I will probably beat that uh, tomorrow or something. Uh, but I, I really enjoy it. And like turning it sure. on made me remember how much I fucking like the combat in that game. And the mm-hmm. PS5 version is insane. The textures are all way better. It runs way smoother. The intermission is actually only available on PS5. You can't play it on the PS4 version. It is not available. Mm. Um, And they kept saying like it's PS5 only for the first six months, which I think means that 
maybe in six to seven months, they will put out the PC and Xbox one versions and then they will only be integrated and they will come mm. with the DLC in them is what oh, I, is, is, is what I would guess. Uh, and actually it also adds like another boss fighter to, to the main game as well. So you can fight it with cloud. Um, and yeah, it ties into dirge of Cerberus, which is their terrible spinoff where it's a third person shooter and I hated it. Um, but yeah, so that that's in the game now. It's it, it's cool because they can do anything after this. Like it, it already is so different from the main game because Yuffie never came to Midgar in the first game, and like, oh, she doesn't interact with them and stuff. So it's sure. uh, pretty crazy. And then Matt, I played Ratchet and Clank: A Rift Apart oh, did. for forty-ish minutes. I basically mm. got to the part where the title card comes into play. And uh, that's a that is what I call a good video game. <laughs> and just oh. for fun, to make myself feel good, I closed the game and opened it, and I was playing within ten seconds. Ooh, it's fucking so awesome. Which I mean, Miles Morales was the same thing. It is, could... and it just makes me happy. Mm-hmm. It just like to be able to close the game and go right back into it. Whereas like Guilty Gear. Oh my fucking God, dude. It is the worst I've ever seen in a game. You'll turn it on. It has to connect with the server and there will be a loading bar. And it says like, oh, connecting to the server. It'll fill up, disappear, pop back up with no bar. Say connecting to the server, disappear (laughs) and pop back up a couple times. Like it takes like seven minutes to get to the main menu sometimes, depending on how busy the server is. Like it's fucking terrible. And the PS4 version is not different than the PS5 version. Other than that one stage doesn't lag. Is it better if you're not connected to the internet? If you don't have your system connected to the internet? Uh, Yes, because then it just turns right on. But then you can't get any of the unlockable stuff or whatever. Because you have to fight online to get money. It's a whole thing. Um, I was just thinking if you're playing like just like, hey, I just want to like play with my friend offline. Oh, yeah. Then that would other. that would be good for it for sure. Um. Uh, but yeah, the only difference is one of the stages doesn't lag on PS5 and PC, and it is literally half the size for the PS5 version because they're just better t- able to compress the PS5 versions of games. Um, FF7, not true of that. Mm. That's actually much larger, <laughs> which is really annoying because it's fucking over 100 gigs. Uh, but, How big is Ratchet and Clank? Uh, I don't know. I didn't look. Oh, I think it's 30 gigs. That's actually like really small for. Uh, well, they they compress the shit out of PS5 games. Miles Morales is really small too. Um, yeah, it looks crazy. I immediately changed it to 60 frames a second with ray tracing. Mm -hmm. Uh, very smooth, very good. It feels like a fucking Ratchet and Clank game. Uh, I just it's like a Saturday morning cartoon, and I love those characters. Mm -hmm. Quark is just so fucking stupid, and Nefarious is really funny as well. Um, <laughs> there was a scene where Nefarious is laughing and a robot laughs with him and I have the subtitles on and for okay. Nefarious it was excited maniacal laughing and for the robot uh-huh. it was nervous maniacal laughing <laughs> and I was like this is great I'm gonna keep these on uh-huh. forever uh, but yeah, and like there's that scene. So the first part is basically the scene they show. Well, you wouldn't have seen it because you didn't watch the first 15 minutes of gameplay. Um, right. But it's basically like that where the Dimensionator fucks up and they're like falling through a bunch of different dimensions just to show you like, hey, we can load this shit so quick. 
Are you mm-hmm. ready? And it's just like 12 different things in rapid succession. That's it's so cool. Like seeing it yourself and the, the way the ha- well, feedback that, happens. I assume that first trailer probably showed that, right? I think it did as well. Yeah. I can't really recall it, but yes. Uh, and they're so emotive on their faces. The, the mm. fur, on rivet and ratchet is buck wild when ray tracing is on you literally see reflections in clank mm-hmm. like just on the metal it's crazy the way the haptic feedback works is just like astrobot where when they're like stepping on certain surfaces it feels kind of like that surface uh they do stuff with the triggers so like you didn't play returnal but returnal is like if you half pull the trigger, it's the regular fire. And if you full pull it, it's alt fire. A lot mm-hmm. of the weapons have things like that where like I got. So like the regular pistol is just like if you're half pulling it, it's kind of slow. Full pulling it, it's fully automatic. Um, the only, But you're using more bullets. Obviously. Yes, yes. And the, the other one was I got a shotgun. Halfway is one barrel. The other way is both barrels. <laughs> Mm. so it just has a wider spread and i i actually i'm so mad i I got a push notification on my phone that spoiled what is probably the coolest gun uh i won't spoil it here but i was like man that would have been so cool to see in the game like what the fuck uh i i didn't put in the pre-order bonus but i a gun is called the pixelator and i think it just turns the enemies into like pixelated versions of themselves which that was in the 2016 yeah so i've not seen that i'm pretty excited Mm -hmm. to see that but man the one i got spoiled i was so mad i was like what the Mm -hmm. fuck this sounds so cool uh i also have grenades that like it's supposed to be if you half pull it it's aiming and if you full pull it, you throw it. But okay. aiming still works the same with L2. So like that one was like, yeah, this one's kind of half baked. Uh, but um, yeah, it's it's fucking cool. And even just those 45 minutes, I was like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this. And it's like a clean like 14, 15 hours for most of the reviews I've seen. So it's one of those things where it'll be like this won't overstay its welcome. Yes. And I didn't look at the trophies. So it's one of those things where it's like if they want me to play through this again, I probably would because then you have like all the fucking guns upgraded in new game plus and a bunch of uh, things you can do. So yeah, it looks really cool. And they went buck wild with particles in the beginning. Cause it's like a parade celebrating how sick of a hero ratchet is. And you shoot all these fucking confetti guns and, oh, well, in theory, it's supposed to be like the next sequel of into the Nexus, right? Yes. Which is true. I get see like I don't I don't want to spoil what the plot happened at the end of the plot in that game. But like it very clearly is Clank is doing a thing for Ratchet because of the end of that game. Mm. It is what it comes down to. Um, And that is how they get into so much trouble, man. But so so it it must take place a long way after because they're like, oh, we're retired heroes. So it's Mm. weird that we're getting this parade. And then they talk about how Nefarious was retired for even longer than them. Uh, And so that I thought it's just very weird and very slapstick and kind of of funny. If there's a charm to it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Immediately. Like the game just it, it starts with Rivet and like gives you like how hard her life is basically in the resistance and what living in the nefarious takeover world is like. And then it just goes to ratchet and clank and you're like, Oh, this mm-hmm. is so fucking colorful and everyone's happy. Quark is here. Look at this fucking dumbass. I am. Ex- I'm so excited. Like mm-hmm. it is, 
it is the first true next gen game like Returnal probably was right but this is the one where I feel mm. it or I'm looking at it and I'm like oh PS5 dude <laughs> like I can't, I can't wait to see like when they have truly figured it out like if this is what mm. it is like at the baseline for when sure. they're just like this is our f- first quote unquote after Miles Morales like this is our first full size triple A game release. Like fucking imagine what Naughty Dog is gonna do in like a couple years on this thing, or imagine what Sucker Punch will be able to do in a Ghost of Tsushima sequel. Like it's gonna be fucking crazy what the PS5 can pull off, and with how fast it loads. Like oh my god, just I feel like every game if it has an enhanced PS5 version should be able to load that fast. Like there is no reason. The Guilty Gear doesn't boot as fast. I have a PS5 disc copy of it. Like, there's no reason. Hitman loads really fast in comparison. So, like, what the fuck? It sounds like that's more just, like, servers. It is, but even when it's not, it still is taking too long to Mm. go in. Whereas, like, Ratchet and Clank, they also be... It's just like Miles Morales where they get rid of the, like, pre-roll logos after Mm. the first time you see it. And then it is you're right there at the title screen. You hit play and you are fucking in the goddamn game. Astrobot, same way. It's so cool. I I fucking. There is one more thing. Okay. This was a news story. Oh, you 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 text me this. Did I? About. Yes, about uh, Insomniac and how apparently. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There there was uh, no crunch. Which is something that they have mentioned no crunch with Spider-Man before. Mm-hmm. So this is not the first time they've uh, said there was no crunch. So it wasn't it wasn't them saying it though. Sure, but with Spider-Man, it was the director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this time uh, it was multiple developers yes. being like, "Hey, yeah, our game just came out. It's fucking cool. You mm-hmm. should check it out." Also, I never crunched once on this game. I worked late twice on weekends because I felt like it. <laughs> there were a couple other ones like that and i was just like you know what good for you good yes, for your yes. company fucking everybody make it happen fuck off which i mean this is not the first time uh sony because also media molecule dreams they've also said we're too old to do to crunch uh so like it is very possible uh that like yes like i i hope that it's true uh, yeah, because like, because you have like other Sony studios like Insom or not Insomniac, uh, Naughty Dog, who is like notoriously one of the worst in the in the industry with that stuff. So. Um, Double Fine also does not crunch, and that one I do believe because Tim Schafer is magical. Uh, but it is one of my all time favorite moments, and I don't even remember which documentary it was. It was one of the Amnesia Fortnights, and like because mm-hmm. they're making the game in two weeks or like a prototype of a game in two weeks to show Tim a lot of them will stay late just to be like, Oh, I want to make this as cool as I can. And it shows all the young people and they're like staying late. And the guy from two player production goes up to one of the older guys and he's like, Hey, you're packing up to leave. Like you're not going to stay and like work on your game. And he just looks at him. And he's like, fucking old dude. And just leaves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, this is perfect. Uh, I love this studio. I love these people. Uh, yeah. I'm, ah, oh. I feel so good about video games right now. Like the fact that I got an email that said chicory was out and I was like, Oh, I loved this demo. I can't wait to play this. And I downloaded it on my PS five. I had $40 of credit, so I didn't have to pay anything for integrate and chicory. Like I'm fucking in there. I backbones on game pass. Like fuck. 
Ratchet and Clank and Guilty Gear. And I already can, I don't have to play Guilty Gear a lot this weekend because I already fucking hurt my hands playing it so much this week. It's very exciting for me, right? New games are popping off. And E3. Disgaea 6 comes out at the end of this month. And then a week later, the World Ends With You sequel comes out. And then that same week, Monster Hunter Stories 2 comes out. (laughs) This summer is mine. And I'm fucking, I'm living for it. Every JRPG on the planet comes out within the next three months. Like, I'm in it. I have too many games at once. My head's going to explode. E3. So yeah, I Ratchet mm-hmm. and Clank seems great though. That's the moral of the story. I'm very excited. <laughs> I assume you're gonna have uh, you're gonna be like I played that a ton this oh, week. Oh, I so. bet I will have beaten it by because I, I I took off Monday and Tuesday uh, mm. from work mainly sure. so I could watch E3. But then I was like, oh, like eight games come out, so I could use two days to just fuck off. So four day weekend, baby, and I'm just gonna Sweet. play video games. So I will probably have Ratchet and Clank beaten by. I will have it beaten by the next podcast. So, oh, sweet. Yeah. So that's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, if that's all we've got for the games we have been playing, um, yes. we will uh, pull a pull a frosty mm-hmm. here. We're going to pull them out. Man, Twisted Metal. That was the last one. That, what a, it's going to be Assassin's what Creed. What a fucking pull. I hope it's cry. Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Oh, okay. Uh, so, did we talk? When did we talk about this recently? Uh, probably during the Microsoft oh, during the Microsoft right one. There. Yes, because uh, Reloaded or whatever the fuck it was was mm-hmm. on there. Dude, do you remember when Conquer's Bad Fur Day first came out? I don't fully remember it. No, okay, but I, I also was like you were much more connected to like the gaming industry than I was. That's not. true, but my I remember this because my mom asked me about it. Because there was an article in the newspaper about this N64 game that Nintendo allowed on their console that's like raunchy and sexual (laughs) and fucked up and you shouldn't allow your kids to play it. And she was like, you can't have this. And I was like, "Okay, like, I don't want it anyways. I I didn't even know it really existed. Uh, But yeah, I I remember her like cutting out the article and showing me and being like, what is this? And I was like, I don't fucking know. and it was just weird, too, because like Rare's previous games on the N64 were Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. Like they were these. Well, and oh, Jeff Force Gemini as well. Well, and, and uh, they did um, a Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing, Donkey Kong Country 64. Uh, yeah, right. A right. lot. So like it was one of those things where it's like, oh, they have like fun, colorful games with like this good yep. Grant Kirkhope music. It's got a lot of xylophone and shit and it's fun. And then there's Conquer and it looks like that. But then he says, fuck and he shits and makes fart jokes and it's, uh, back then i probably was like oh i gotta play this because it's like edgy and like i'm not supposed <laughs> to play it uh and I, uh-huh. I remember i finally did much afterwards on an n64 emulator and being like oh this is kind of like a rare game but like i don't like it as much mm-hmm. really um and it wasn't even like i was still probably way into that kind of humor then at that time so it wasn't even like the humor turned me off like it would now um because it's really like referential kind of like family guy like they're referring to a lot of movies like the beginning is like a reenactment of saving private ryan i believe but with him um Mm -hmm. and yeah like some of the characters are just like a, a talking pile of poop sure that has corn in it because it's hilarious that is actually kind of funny uh 
but there, there's or like a sunflower that has huge boobs like that's not funny mm-hmm. and it's really freaky in the game uh so like i never beat it but it does the first area reminds me of the first area of the original banjo kazooie where you're mm. like you can go in banjo's house and like look and he's sure. got all this cool stuff and like the first area is all green and the the mountaintop stuff you can run around like it looks like that except that there's a scarecrow who swears at you mm-hmm. um and so i don't really know why they made that i've never really looked that up like do you think the developers were just so sick of having a happy fun yeah. time that they were like i want to let out my bad side here's the story i heard okay. they were making another platformer you know and and, and basically they got made fun of fun of it for it because they're like oh here's just another just generic you know happy-go-lucky rare platformer and then rare was like okay fine you don't want that so they just basically course corrected in the opposite direction and just tried to make the most adult game they possibly could so So originally it was supposed to be much more similar to like a banjo kazooie more kid-friendly but like people were just kind of like shitting on it because that's it was just another one of those. So what I think is weird about it is like Conker first appeared as a character in Diddy Kong Racing. Mm-hmm. And then people liked those characters. Like I would have played a game with that fucking badger guy. I sure. would have done that. Like all those characters, like the crocodile and stuff. I think they're new crocodile, characters. Yeah. Um, and then they made a Conker game for Game Boy Color called Conker's Pocket Tales. And it is like a rare game. And it's right. like fun and good. And then after that, they released this game with the same character. So like if you would have been exposed to him from Conker's Pocket Tales or Diddy Kong Racing, you would never think that this game with the same character is like it's like, oh, he's off the clock. So he's getting wasted at the bar and like hitting on the waitress and shit. It's it's just very strange that you would have this character in two games and then completely pivot to this other weird thing and like you know good on them like if they made the game they want to make and like it did what they wanted to do i think that's cool it just is yeah it's very it's very like out of left field for sure mm-hmm. it's, it's very much not like the rest of their games yes it, other than the parts where it is right like it feels like mm-hmm. their platformers it has a bunch of dumbass collectibles in it not to the extent of donkey kong country 64 but uh that was when they had finally jumped the shark with the collectibles. There's so fucking many collectibles in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just a very weird game and filled with a lot of quote unquote adult humor. I bet it does not hold up. I remember playing, trying to play the like remaster of the remaster mm-hmm. on the rare replay collection and being like, Oh, I, Oh no, I can't do yeah, this. Yeah, he hasn't even touched that. Yeah, so I don't know. So it's very, it's very weird uh, to go back mm-hmm. to. But I, yeah, I don't know. It to me, it's like the rare game that stands out as being like the odd man out kind of from that era because I think a lot of their other games are beloved, and I don't. I guess I've never met a lot of people who were like, "Oh, I love Conker's Bad Fur Day," like, and they look back on it really nostalgically. But maybe it's just because those people were my age and they were also too young to be playing it technically at the time. So they just didn't. Well, and I wonder if it's also like one of those things where like even at that age, you probably wouldn't have even understood a lot. of That's probably true. Yeah. Uh, But then like then there was the Xbox re-release. So like maybe it could have come back around for our generation. But I just don't know. 
uh, the live and reloaded i think it was called um, yes it, yes <laughs> which i mean but at that point like i think people were kind of over platformers so like i don't and where now you're seeing that resurgence but like during that 360 era the, like platformers were just not like that popular. yeah but that did have a multiplayer like shooter mode mm. i guess banjo 2 he did as well uh yeah, it weirdly did but yeah, it's just such a strange thing. The squirrel who's like very vulgar and like doesn't doesn't like anybody. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Yeah, I, 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 it's a it's an interesting game. I don't have a lot to say about it other than like I, as I said, I told the story that I know that like where apparently people were just shitting on it, and then they were like, "Fine, we'll make something more adult." And they just they went in a they went in a direction. It is. And it's it's a weird thing because it's the kind of thing that goes against like Nintendo's core belief policy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wonder if it was like a fight to get them to put it out. Then like now M rated games come out on Nintendo platforms all the time. Like Call of Duty mm-hmm. came out on the Wii U, right? Like the, those types of games do exist and people just pour anything to it. Uh but back but back like, then, that was not the case. Like Nintendo was super against things like that being on their platforms. I think up until the GameCube was probably the first one where it started to even get like first person shooters like Medal of Honor and stuff. So, well, like Resident Evil was the remake Resident was Evil. A... That was a GameCube exclusive and Resident Evil 4 was a GameCube exclusive yeah. originally. It's one of the Capcom six. Yes. Or eight. I don't know. I think it was six. Uh so yeah, I, I also don't have a lot more to say about Conquer, um, other than that just it is I think it was very much a place and time thing. <laughs> and like I, I would really be curious to talk to someone who really liked it, like as a kid or a teen, mm-hmm. and then have them play it now and see like, do you still like this? Does this still hold up? Or was this one of those things where it's like we made this for a very specific crowd at this very specific time with this very specific humor? And now right. it is, it's over. It is, it's done. I'm, I'm kind of curious. It probably came out like right around 2000, right? Yeah, I'd guess 2000 or 2001, maybe even 99. It had to uh, have been after 99. 2001. 2001. So, I mean, it has a pretty high Metacritic score. Well, but who's going back to fucking rate that? two websites good good point um yeah it has 19 reviews so which i don't know when these reviews occurred i'd have to i i don't know it doesn't really no yeah it it has an it has a 92 on metacritic and an 8.9 user score so yeah like i mean as a it played like a rare game so like especially on n64 it had a good draw distance the graphics were very good it looked good and played well it's just i think the humor is what really bogs it down now uh yeah i i'm just the big thing is like it to me it's less that nintendo let it on its platform i'm just more shocked that nintendo like like because this is a nintendo published game i think it's more shocking that like nintendo would publish this but apparently they published like every rare game back then not in the europe though thq published it in europe Oh, weird! Because rare is a UK. 
Wait a minute. It's not. It's saying the publisher was rare. It not even Nintendo. Did Nintendo not allow this? I mean, I would just get it. That happens a lot because they weren't owned by Nintendo at the time. So, oh, they weren't. No, they were never owned oh, by I Nintendo. Thought, I thought they were. Okay, I, I guess I'm just a big. I I didn't realize they weren't owned by Nintendo. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. They uh, they were a second party developer that like worked only with Nintendo. They were like Insomniac was with Sony, basically. Oh, and then Microsoft okay. was like, "Hey, I have cash," and they were like, "Okay, cool, thank you." Yeah, this seems like now that I never knew that. So yeah, this is this seems like it probably would have made a lot more sense on like the PlayStation. Yeah, like the PlayStation One. Um, I don't know if they had like signed a deal with Nintendo sure. like at the time of the Super Nintendo or something, but they they were not owned by them for sure. They mm-hmm. had just had some kind of uh, deal deal like Nintendo yeah. had a like a quarter stake in the company or something. So like mm-hmm. they had a lot of say in what was done. Sure. But then when Xbox bought that out, obviously that doesn't matter anymore. So no longer traded like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's all I got. That that's yeah. definitely an interesting poll there. I usually don't think about Conquer's Bad for a Day. It is weird that we did talk about it kind of recently, though. Uh, well, we did the Microsoft, yeah, so, so I mean that makes yeah. Sense, now they so. own Rare, so mm-hmm. it's theirs now. People really, I see all the time. People are like, "I want a new Conquer game." I'm like, do you? I would much rather see a new Banjo Kazooie game. I don't even want that. I do because I want to see how bad they fuck it up. <laughs> Because it's, it's, it's like not it's not like, the people who you want to make it. So like, well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, even like nuts and bolts, it's so different. Mm-hmm. But like, you can at least see like the charm. Yeah, like you can you can there. see they still tried to do it, even though it was a different type of game. Like, right. and yeah, I mean, like Viva Pinata has that same rare charm. Yeah, Everything yeah, yeah. after that, like Connect Sports, doesn't have that. The sea of Thieves, no. not the same. Uh, no. But Everwild, that seems to that's, in its yes, development that hell. seems like a crazy <laughs> development hell situation. It, do you think we'll see that? May I actually kind of do? I wonder. I, didn't, I want to say last year that stream was right around when we did our um, our spoiler cast for Last of Us. Because I think Gary was on that episode when we talked about Xbox's showcase. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. And that was the last time we really talked about Everwild, I think. Because hmm. I think Gary said he liked, was intrigued by that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what uh, what we'll see this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, excited to see game announcements. I mean fucking if Elden Ring is the biggest thing that happened that's I mean I'm cool with that you know people can finally shut I, the fuck up about it I I there's got to be there's going to be something that I'll get excited about I can tell you right now it is not Elden Ring no but that is what everyone else is excited about yes so. yes and good for that and if they announce Breath of the Wild too everyone will transition to that well is it it's just announcing a release date at that point I mean, yes, but they or they could show any of it mm-hmm. because they have not. So, like, if they even no. if they announce like, "Hey, you do actually play Zelda," then mm-hmm. the internet will explode. Twitter will and go down. I hope it comes out this year because if it doesn't come out this year, man, Nintendo's got nothing. 
Yeah. And Mario Golf. Mm-hmm. Mario. Hey, well, I no, bought Game great. Builder Garage, Matt. I have it here. Sky- Skyrim. Or not Skyward Sword, not Skyward I mean, not hey, Sky, Skyrim's Sword. already on the Switch. Uh, yes. I bought Game Builder Garage. It could be a masterpiece Nintendo product. You haven't I don't know. It? I, it came today. So I'm, oh, okay. It came out today. It, yeah. Uh, it does. <laughs> oh, man. Classic Nintendo fashion. There's no way to search for things in the game. Mm-hmm. What a fucking <laughs> giant, hilarious oversight. <laughs> but as I was saying, I hope Breath of the Wild comes out this year because otherwise. Halo is going to be the game of the year. I don't think Cause, that's true. Because God of War got delayed, remember? So then like Halo is just like the de facto game of the year now. I see I, games will be better than that. I have I have I have I have a, a, a Ratchet and Clank. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> I I think I can say that with some confidence that Ratchet and yes. Clank is going to be a better game overall than that. So like I Horizon. Horizon oh, yeah. Horizon game. comes out this year. I, yeah, already. See, I Halo. I, I like I, I actually think like, Halo Infinite is going to be pretty good mm-hmm. now because they actually took the time they needed to do that. Oh, we'll see Halo Infinite. Um, mm-hmm. so like maybe that'll be a cool showing like I'll play that on my PC just to see mm-hmm. what it's like uh, I don't know if I'll like it yeah I was just making fun it. of because I, I found that tweet and I screenshotted it and sent it over to you that like when God of War was delayed it's like oh well Halo is the game of the year then it's like I don't if Halo is the game of the year it is a profoundly disappointing year for video games unless I, it is the coolest shit ever I think it's going to be a semi-rough open-world game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with the multiplayer being free to play. Uh, I mean that's good they did that because that's the thing anyone <laughs> gave a shit about anyway. So, uh, but yeah, that'll that'll do it for us mm-hmm. as always. The theme song is "Sting Operation" by the band Anamanaguchi. Excellent chiptune band. You can check them out. Uh, and we'll be back next week where I will have played more of the ridiculous amount of games that I've played and E3 will have happened. So get ready. Peace out. Peace out.